Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're that friendly HR analytics dashboard that's helping all of you HR leaders automate your HR reporting and analytics process. That's right. We talk to hundreds of HR leaders every week talking about the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of trying to pull your employee data from multiple systems and struggling and not getting what you want. Well, look no further. That's why we have Employee Cycle, an HR analytics dashboard with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there so you can view, share, track, and analyze all your data in one place. Go to EmployeeCycle.com, check us out, get a demo. We'd love to talk to you about how we can help you become smarter and more data-driven. But that's enough about me and our company, because today we have an awesome guest. So please help me welcome to the show, Lorena Scott. She's the Chief People Officer at Algolia. And today we're going to discuss the first 30 days of a new Chief People Officer role. Lorena, welcome to the podcast. Woo! Lorena! Thank you! That was one of the nicest welcomes I've had. Thank you, Bruce. Awesome. And if you've heard my podcast before, you're probably tired of my joke, but I'll say it anyway. Lorena, if you enjoy that intro, maybe for, let's say, a dollar per, I'll do that every time you get on a Zoom call. (laughs) All right. So, Lorena, before we get into the topic today, we're going to kick off the podcast the best way we know how, and that's by asking you, how did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? Wow, that is a longer story, so I hope you're okay with that. It has been a winding road to end up uh, where I am today. So I started off my career in finance. I was an investment banker. I studied entrepreneurship and so had hoped that at some point I'd have this brilliant idea and eventually become a founder of a business. And so I, I did finance for a good decade before that Brilliant. What I thought was at least a brilliant idea turned out it wasn't so brilliant because I, I had a failed startup. Um, but it absolutely changed the course of my career in the sense that rather than going back into finance, I went to go work in uh, or at early stage businesses from anything from a kind of series A to a series D. And through that journey, started off uh, being on finance teams, leading operations, and uh, had the opportunity to oversee a people function. Without really knowing much about the function, you know, the, the role itself, I did a lot of learning real time and uh, found that it was the place or the space that I most enjoyed in terms of curiosity, creativity, and impact. And so, over the course of four scale ups, eventually landed in the chief people officer role and have been doing that. This is my third scale up where I've been a, a chief people officer. So, I would say passion led me here, but it was definitely not the kind of the original course I was on, but I'm so grateful for people taking bets on me and for giving me opportunities that kind of brought me here. Ex-founder, mm-hmm. ex-finance, <laughs> loving the story. Yeah. Love, Always love asking that question because it just shows to the audience that so many people end up on a winding road into this world of HR. Really appreciate you sharing that. 
So, Lorena, today we're talking about the first 30 days of a, of a new chief people officer role. And before we get into all the different tactical things of what you've been doing, I first would like to ask, what is the overarching theme of how you've approached the first 30 days at Algolia? And also, is it different than how you've approached the first 30 days at previous companies when you came into this role? So my approach, I would say, is I think not unlike what most leaders coming into an organization, the, the pattern that they'll want to fall into, which is a lot about listening to understand and be curious in order to come up with an, an you know a longer term strategy, you know what what changes what you know where they want to focus, and additionally listening, learning to get up to speed on the business itself, the business that we're in, the, the, the team members, um, but a combination of the two, which if I think about a chief product officer, a chief technology officer, a CEO, they're, they're, they're probably going to do a lot of the same. The inputs that they may take to that listening and, and learning journey will be distinct, but um, a similar path. And um, yeah, in terms of how I've approached it, at other places that I've sort of started uh, or been onboarding at, I would say for sure um, modifying as I learn what works well and what doesn't work well. But it's, um, I think it's in my nature to to want to be quite curious and to want to ask a lot of questions and, and not necessarily come with formed opinions when starting. And so that's been sort of the general ethos. But you know, every every business I've started or I've joined has been in a different industry, uh, oftentimes in a different stage and with a different set of problem sets or opportunities to have impacted my role. And so I would say there, there's certainly tweaks um, to account for that. And then lessons of what I've learned don't work so well when you're onboarding that you, you want to make sure you don't bring forward to your next experience. I love how you talked about listening and learning journeys mm -hmm. because that really comes across is that there's no hard line in the sand destination, but that it's something that you'll continue to go on, which I think is brilliant. So let's first talk about the listening journey. What does that mean exactly? And how do you start your listening journey to make sure that you're on the right path and listening to the right people about the right things at the right time? Yeah, I can speak specifically to what I'm doing at Algolia because it's so new and, and that journey has just begun. And so I have a goal that I've shared with the entire team, which is 100 cups of coffee in the first 90 days. And so I've started with my the immediate team that I'm a part of, which is called the People and Places team, and meeting with every single one of those members, not just sort of the quote unquote, my direct reports, but just the entire entirety of the team and asking the same set of questions. Uh, you know, what, what brought you to Algolia? Why do you stay? Where are opportunities for improvement? And then the last question I ask is around who are the three to five people that they think I should chat with and ask the same set of questions. And so that allows me to get a good cross-section of the team, both from, and Agolia is a distributed team, global. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be able to talk to folks, whether they're in Paris, San Francisco, New York, Spain, London, a really, a good mix of, of teams and insights, uh, a cross-section of tenure, a cross-section of, of, of functions in order to really get a, a good, I would say kind of a comprehensive view. 
and uh, and p- pick out themes based on asking the same set of questions over and over again. But that's just one of my call it listening and, and like fact finding. Uh, elements in the early days. The other piece is looking at data. So the the conversations are more qualitative. I'm also reviewing engagement survey results and uh, recruiting metrics and and just anything that allows will complement the the conversations I'm having because I, I do believe that the the, the data itself uh, gives me uh, a picture, but it's those conversations that give me the context. Well, you know us here at Employee Cycle loves hearing an HR leader talking about reviewing the data. But when it comes to those more nuanced conversations, I'm curious for our leaders to understand what are the cohorts that you're making sure are represented so that you're getting a diverse but yet concentrated feedback loop from what everyone is doing and saying. So for instance, are you saying, I'm going to listen on my listening journey, I'm going to get feedback from the exec team, but then also from middle managers, but then also from department managers, but then also from individual contributors, and then all the different sub-departments in different areas, and then also different locations? Do you try, and is it necessary for you to have equal representation across as many different cohorts as possible, or are there only a few that you need to really get the feedback from at such an early stage because you only have but so much time. I think you bring up a really good constraint, which is time, right? There is the, the need to listen and learn before moving to action, but I'm, I'm not at a, a a later stage, 20,000 company where we're tinkering. We're still very much evolving. And so there's a need to balance the getting up to speed and having a good understanding of the needs of the team and, and, uh, where the direction that we're rowing and how the people in places team can help us get there and sort of action. And so I think in my role, when I build more trust and people get to know me better, they'll know that they do have an opportunity regardless of, you know, tenure role or level that through office hours, through, um, just taking a, you know, finding time on my calendar that I'm accessible and that I'm always listening. That's my job is to be having a, a pulse on team members and so they want to have a conversation to be accessible. But I, I have had to be a bit more. I can't have 700 or 800 conversations, which is the size of Algolia today. And so I am looking for, you know, I set the criteria to say I want it to be a diverse mix. And so as, even as I'm creating my Google sheet on who my hundred cups of coffee are with, I'm looking at. I have the data on tenure, I have the data on team, and I have the data on location. So I can make sure it's balanced um, in a very kind of quick and dirty way. But ultimately, I think it goes to what also scales well when you're a growing organization that is so distributed. And I would say that like that's the benefit of not being a one-person show, but being a member of a team. And so the, the Algolia team today that I get the privilege of leading all ha- share a similar value or a similar mission to which is enabling great work. And so whether it's the HR business partners, whether it's the recruiters or, you know, coordinators, you know, there's a whole slew of team members that are gathering the data, but are also having those conversations. And so as a collective, we're making sure that we get a diverse set of perspectives to really understand what matters to the team and focus our actions on that. Very, very interesting. I appreciate that. So on the other side, when it comes to the learning journey, what does that look like? 
because I could see some HR leaders thinking, well, the listening is the learning and they almost can sound and feel like the same thing. So is learning part of just the listening or is there clear lines between here's my listening journey and then here's my learning journey? And if so, what does the learning journey truly look like? Yeah, I would say they are distinct in that I'm listening first. I'm hearing or I'm absorbing the the insights, whether they're verbal or something else through the, through the data. And that will then inform a set of reprioritization or continue doing more of this, or let's rethink how we're structured as a team uh, to ensure that we're meeting, not just meeting, but exceeding expectations from a from a team perspective. And that'll sort of think of that as the outcome of a lot of the listening will result in a 180-day plan. And from there, we're going to learn a, a lot more about, did this was this plan the right plan? Um, where did we maybe have a misstep? Or where did, um, did we have a great success and we need to double down? And so that's where the learning comes in is, you know, you do the reflection to make sure you're on the right path, to make sure that you're iterating. And I think as, as part of any scale up, the business itself is going to continue to grow and the team itself is going to continue to grow. So even as we're iterating on just our own original plan, we're going to have to continue to learn how we get, as we get to that next stage of our kind of that next milestone, how we have to reinvent ourselves. And so I would say the the learning is about constantly reinventing ourselves and being creative in that journey um, as much as possible. I'm glad you brought up the fact that you're working towards creating this 180-day plan because I'm sure as HR leaders are listening to what you're saying, they're thinking, well, how do I keep myself out of analysis paralysis where I don't necessarily know how much listening or how much learning I need to do before I actually try to do some type of action? So how do you figure out where is that inflection point where I've done enough listening, I've done enough learning not to just stop doing that because it is a journey and I'm going to do that forever, but I've done enough for me now to have enough conviction to try to put something in action. Yeah, I, I think that it's a hundred day, the 180 day plan is not so much like my 180 day plan as it is a plan for the broader people team. And so the, the results of that one element is my listening you know, journey or the the listening that I'm doing now, but it's also past engagement surveys, the current, all, all things that happened well before I was part of Algolia. And so what we're really doing in a month's time, so almost a month to the date that I start, I will be presenting on behalf of the leadership team and on behalf of the people in places team, what our engagement survey results were, what my listening themes, you know, what were the listening themes? And I won't have completed all of my listening, but I'll, I'll have done a good, a good share of those, you know, have those conversations and through that make commitments. And some will be short-term commitments and some will be longer-term investments, but all of them will have, you know, will be able to be making, um, articulating the action plan that the team can hold us accountable to. And so I think therein lies the balance to say, we have enough to start moving. We could be, well, we could be right in some areas. We could be wrong. So there's going to be flexibility as, uh, as the plan is executed on, but it's not based on a person. It's not based on like my will or what I want. It's truly based on the history of Algolia and the, the, the many accomplishments from a people perspective that have happened prior to my 
my joining. I'm just sort of carrying on and layering in, call it a fresh perspective. And, um, you know, and, and, and in many ways, that's part of what I'm there to do is to challenge the status quo in ELT conversations or in executive conversations, I should say, or in my own team conversations and make sure that we're, we are always pushing ourselves to a new level in terms of excellence as, and, and how we uh, support and service our team. Having worked across multiple companies at different stages, have you found that there are specific variables that really dictate how you manage the first 30 days in this listening and learning journey? Meaning, have you found that depending on the existing size of the people team or who you report to or the stage of the company, that that totally changes the first 30 days when you're in your own personal onboarding process? Or do you think that regardless of those things, it still would be the same? No, you bring up an excellent point, Bruce. And it's, to be honest, it's a luxury to have the opportunity to have this listening and learning journey and to be able to have a hundred coffees over 90 days. And, and I'm incredibly grateful for that. I can tell you when I joined a, a series B company with 50 people, and I was one of two members of the people operations team at that time, uh, there was, there was no time for that. <laughs> there wasn't even an engagement survey to review, right? We had never done any pulse check and it, it didn't, it, it wasn't at the stage or maturity level that that was, you know, you could have conversations and get a good pulse check. So you didn't need all, all of that. So I think it's, it's absolutely stage specific. And I suspect, you know, if I, if I do this again, one more time, which I always tell my kids, no, this is the last time, this is the last time I promise um, <laughs> that, you know, if it's a, it, it, you know, if it's pre IPO, post IPO series eight is, you know, something else like you, you do have to modify because there's not the resources there to manage, like I, I, again, it's a gift. I can have these conversations and there's a whole team behind me, not really alongside me that is you know, handling the day-to-day while I get the opportunity to connect with people. Awesome. And then last question here, Lorena, you said a lot of awesome things that I'm sure are going to be rewound and played back by our listeners. But if there's one thing that you want them to remember when they're thinking about their first 30 days as, as the leader of an HR team. So VP of HR, chief people officer in those first 30 days, what would you recommend, especially for someone who it's their first time having this role and they're really trying to get those first 30 days, right? You know, I, maybe there's a couple, so I'll narrow it down to one. I, I have this philosophy and it kind of, I think it's Facebook that was like, move fast, break things. I, I don't know if that was, that was the right or Yep. Yep. That was Facebook. They've changed it since. Yep. Yes. That was um, Facebook. And I, I, I think that works maybe when you're a developer, <laughs> it does not work when you're thinking about people and humans. And so I have a different philosophy, which is slow down to move fast. And I think in the first 30 days, and I've certainly experienced it. So I, I have a lot of empathy. I'm experiencing it now, sort of trying to balance the move with, be decisive and start to shake things up versus be very much a little bit more intentional because of the listening and the learning. And so that would be my advice is the, if you slow down in the first 30 days or in the first 45 days or whatever your time frame is that you have a lot, you ultimately will move faster because you'll have a ton more co- context, probably a lot more confidence, and you'll have brought people along with you in the journey as opposed to drag them along um, is one. And the second is, you know, 
maybe not so much for, for folks new to a role, but I have seen, and myself included, been guilty of this, where you were like, you feel like you know all the answers and you're not taking a moment to reflect on like, there are probably things that have worked really well that you want to build upon as opposed to wash away. Got it. Very well said. And thank you so much for sharing all these gems of wisdom. Lorena, we appreciate you so much for having such a thoughtful and educational and also candid conversation about your first 30 days. Thank you so much for being on the Employee Cycle Podcast. Woo! Lorena! Thank you, Bruce. This was fun. Awesome. So where can people find you and Algolia online? Uh, well, LinkedIn is great. I'm uh, Lorena Pacheco Scott uh, on LinkedIn and I'm Lorena.scott at Algolia.com. You can always shoot me an email. Um, I'm a little behind right now, but generally I, I try to be uh, responsive and uh, helpful because I know so many people were helpful to me in my early days, especially. Awesome. And we'll be sure to include all of those contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there that enjoyed this podcast as much as Lorena and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you can leave a rating because, hey, who doesn't like to know? We just talked about engagement surveys. We like to know that people are engaged and you like what we're doing. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast and you either came here because you're already a huge super fan of Lorena and you just had to hear what she was going to say or you thought that this topic was really compelling, but now you're hungry for more episodes, please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.